0: Don't you open up that window Don't you let out that antidote yeah. Poppin' pills is all we know In the is all we know Don't go through the front door It's low-key at the night show So don't you open up that window Don't you let out that antidote Sunday do it all again on
1: What is up doe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll show where we discuss a team trying to make a postseason run. You're watching the Wizards. Hello everyone this is Adam McGinnis. It is February 19th Friday. A special special edition here of an episode because there was a big trade yesterday right before the deadline that the Washington Wizards were involved in and we got to slice it up for you. Uh, so they have the Wizards just played a game last night. They came back from the break. They beat Utah 103 to 89. They're now 24 and 28 on the season. They play Detroit tonight on Friday. I will be covering that game and they play uh, in Miami on Saturday. So I'll probably have another podcast kind of recapping and analyzing what goes on with those three games. But we had to get a special pod up for everyone to discuss the big trade, the big move that was made by the Wizards. Uh, I'm sure you're all aware, but to recap, they, they traded for Markeith Morris to the, from the Suns. They traded away Chris Humphreys, DeWan Blair, and a protected first-round pick in the 2016 draft, uh, protected one through nine. <sighs> A lot, a lot to say about this, I'm speechless already, but, to, but with me today, first guest I believe uh, outside uh, the continental US, he is in Hawaii because he sucks and it's cold here in DC, uh, even though we're going to have some nice weather on, on Saturday, there's your weather update from those really wanting that, uh, Mr. Troy Halliburton, aloha man, how is Hawaii dude? Aloha Fridays man, that's
2: how Hawaii is, man. we're, we're just living out here, I'm, I'm actually just piggybacking on my girlfriend's work conference. So you know, don't, don't be too mad at me, man. And plus, that travel east all the way out to Hawaii was like sixteen hours. So you know, nobody wants to go through that.
1: Well, I'm sure your your, your future after this podcast is go down to the pool or the beach, get a little drink with you know a little umbrella or fruit in it, and, and life Probably, will be good, right?
2: That that's the past and future of this podcast. So. <laughs> what, what, what is
1: what, what is the weather there? Give me a weather up in at, Hawaii. Where are you at? What, what island?
2: All right, so I'm out in, uh, I'm in Honolulu right now. The weather is about it's about 85 degrees. It's it's 10 a.m. here, so you know it's it's just getting started though. I mean, I, I went out to the beach this morning, saw the sunrise. You know, feeling feeling real good about myself. So, but the the, the time difference definitely helps out though. So it's five hours difference.
1: How, how long are you there for?
2: I'll be here until Tuesday, Tuesday, oh,
1: so I've got to watch every
2: Wizards game on the on the internet until then. <laughs> <again.
1: laughs> uh, well, what a segue. So, so before we we get into analyzing the pros and cons of this move and what it all means, just give me your initial reaction when you when you heard the news. Were you on the plane? So,
2: I actually got off a plane at LAX at 3 p.m. and I guess the deal had happened maybe like 15 20 minutes before that. And I had to get on my connecting flight to Honolulu, and I literally only had like 30 minutes, so I literally almost missed my connecting flight trying to get these tweets off about how <laughs> I was. about the Marquise I've been on Marquis for a while, so almost missed a connecting flight trying to get the tweets off.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, nice! So, so you're 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 one of the happy Densians of Wizard Twitter about this move. So, your initial reaction is happiness, joy? Think it's a good decision?
2: Uh, my initial reaction is definitely that it was a good decision. I think it's a, it's a calculated risk that, I mean, should pay dividends. And I, I honestly don't understand how there are so many people who are so, de- uh, divisive on this, this issue. It's, I don't know. It, it just really seems like almost no downside to me. I mean, yeah, we gave up a first round pick. But I mean, given the wizard's like draft history, is that really something that we should be you know throwing up our arms about? I, I just don't believe that to be the case.
1: Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. You know, my friends or family, my sister Abigail, say she brings some guy home and she wants me to meet him. You know, I'm open-minded, I'm not that stubborn, but I kind of default skeptical, <laughs> you know like until you actually prove me that this 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 dude or whatever is like good for her. I'm going to default to the skeptical, be dubious of the situation, but yet not be hardline. Like my mind can be changed. And I have the same nice. relationship with the Wizards. I'm always suspect of any of their moves and not all. I've had a battered history, especially, you know, living under, uh, you know, death taxes and Ernie Grumfeld that, that I feel that sometimes it clouds my judgment of what it really is. Like I find myself warming up to it as time goes along. And, and I, and I've been wrong. Like I was not. I did not like the Marchand-Gortat trade that ended up being a plus for the Wizards. I didn't, I didn't like the the risk of losing a pick that could have been high. I, I was not really all in on Nene acquiring Nene. I was I, I had worries and concerns about the, the fact that Denver just signed him to a big deal and then tried to trade him two months later. Nene balls out in the playoff series, brings helps the Wizards win their first uh, you know postseason. Victory in a series in almost ten years. I felt like that was worth it. My concerns of his injury status and everything kind of were justified, honestly. But his his defense in in his veteran leadership was definitely, uh, you know, a, worth worth that move. I think in, in hindsight, some of the other moves I've been really skeptical about, and they've kind of been in my favor. I do, do, you, do you understand where I'm coming from in the sense that no, I definitely and, and they were fans. Were fans, about. and I think sometimes it's because if. What if another GM was doing this move and it wasn't Ernie Grumfeld. Like it was Shepard or somebody else. I feel like there'd be a lot more leeway, but the fact that the person is doing this move and his name is Ernie Grumfeld, that immediately people are going to have a negative reaction.
2: No, I definitely can agree. I mean, we just have shades of 2009 draft where we gave up, uh, was the number five pick and we, we that yielded Mike Miller and Randy Foy and the pick turned out to be Ricky Rubio but it's like you know those those type of past uh, well, they, transgressions well, they, well well they could have had a guy named Steph, I mean,
1: they could have had a guy named Steph Curry too <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> that guy that guy was
1: available readily available you forget that part
2: but um no I think that those transgressions by Grunfeld in the past like will definitely naturally naturally leave any Wizards fan skeptical but I think that I mean over the past you know three four years as you mentioned before he's made some deals. That have actually like turned out to be like a huge benefit to the Wizards. You know, the you brought up the the Marcin Gortat trade. You know, with Phoenix, that that yielded them the the 18th pick in that draft, what turned out to be Tyler Ennis, who I, I don't think I've ever seen him play in a minute of NBA basketball. So, you know, it, it's really the, the the pick is definitely you know a value. It's an asset, but I think Marquise Morris, the, the thing that makes him more valuable than that pick is the fact that he's a veteran player and he's on a cheap contract making only $8 million over the next three seasons. So I think in, in the landscape of the new CBA and the way the NBA is going, for him to be only making $8 million and producing as you know good, if not better, than players who make twice as much as him, like Tobias Harris, for example, is a player who you know everybody said that Detroit made a great move by making that trade they have to pay him $16 million over the next, you know, $16 million per year over the next three years. So, I mean, the value alone for Marquise is is just is just pure gold going forward. So, well, you me, know, I think that... Sell,
1: sell me on Marquise as a player. Like, give me the positives that what he brings to the team. Because I think that that is the... Like, as we analyze the move on its merits, I think that's what we have to start with.
2: Yeah. So, I think that... Uh, the term stretch four is probably being ter- uh, thrown around a little loosely uh, because he's not really that good of a three-point shooter. Uh, he's a 32% three-point shooter. So, you know, that's, that's a, you know, a few. I think the league average is around 36%. So I mean, he's, he's shooting below league average. But I think that what he brings is he brings a, a playmaking ability and he brings real size to the front court that the Wizards don't have. So by them starting Jared Dudley at the four, you know he he's only six eight. We're we're at an automatic disadvantage uh, as far as you know defending other power forwards, defending in the paint, and rebounding the basketball. And I think that's probably a factor as to why the Wizards have been one of the worst rebounding teams. But you know Markeith, I think he's a he's a he's a much better rebounder than what the Wizards are you know uh, putting out there now at the starting four position. And he's also a playmaker. You know, so he's not really a three point shooter, but he has some ball handling skills. And for this Wizards team who only has two real playmakers, you know, it's good that you can, you know, he can get the ball with, you know, seven seconds left on the shot clock. And, you know, create a shot for himself. So well, I think that that's an added bonus to this team.
1: I remember two, two seasons ago when the Wizards hosted the Suns and the Suns beat them and Markeith made a bunch of big shots, a bunch of big plays down the stretch and the Wizards really had no answer for him. And his career, and he had a really awesome, awesome year. He's young. People think, you know, he's only 26 years old. I think that's another plus of this move. And they right. have his rights for three more years. His contract is, 7.4 million for next season, 8 million for the following year, and 8.6 for the year after. And if he is really going to be the stretch four guy that they're going to have to now pair with Wall and Beal, and maybe Otto or Oubre, you know who's going to be the mix? And Gortat, right? I mean, so you basically have kind of the, you know, if they sign Beal to the max, Wall and Gortat are back. You got Marquise. You already got four guys there, and you still got Otto and Ubre on a contract. I mean, there's, that's a good youth. Kind of stylistic things that you want to do here. Going, the future looks a little bit brighter, correct? I definitely think so. I think uh, the
2: owner Ted Leonsis will agree with me. He tweeted out earlier today about uh, you know the the young nucleus that we'll have going forward. He mentioned Wall, Bill, Porter, Oubre, and Markeith. So you know that that is a that's a pretty good young nucleus to have going forward, and uh, we'll be able to maximize uh, Wall's championship window with you know, players that are equally as young and, you know, trying to raise their talent level. And, and Wall is the best player to do that.
1: So another one of my initial reactions is, so I covered the Suns game this year that the Wizards won. It was an awful, terrible game in early December. And at the end of the game, the Wizards were up two points, and Markeith Morris gets a technical for not moving on the free throw line. The Wizards end up missing the free throw, so it didn't end up hurting them too bad, but it was one of the dumbest plays I'd seen a basketball player make (laughs) in a game. In a situation, it was like eight seconds left, and you're arguing with the refs on free-throw line positioning. I remember I think Kyle actually on the site actually wrote a post just about it. I was in the Suns locker room afterwards and I asked Markeith what the hell happened. His answers were kind of aloof, didn't really take any blame for it, kind of said, you know, it's basketball kind of answers. His whole aura and his whole appearance were just... It rubbed me the wrong way. So after that, I was like, I don't want that player ever playing on the Wizards. And I, that's what my feeling was from that play. Once again, I'm biased. That's an emotional reaction. But that's kind of how I felt at the moment. I So when this trade happens, that was my feeling. Oh, my goodness. We gave up a pick for a guy that I said when I saw him do some dumbass shit that I don't want on the team. Now, obviously, I root for Drew Gooden now when I hated him on the Cavs. So, you know, as a fan, you can let things slide. How concerned... Are you about the negatives? Because let's talk about the negatives. He is prime one of a malcontent right now. In the NBA. If you said who's the biggest malcontent in the NBA, his name would come up. Correct, Roshon Wando
2: maybe. If you say Tom without Fla- question, it's Marquise Morris. Marquise mean, Morris. Let's go
1: down the let's go down the list of so to get in the conversation. So he, I he signs a deal a. a he kind of got screwed by the Suns in, in this he,
2: thing. He, he definitely yeah. got screwed by the Suns. There's no kind of about it. He, he, he did get he he screwed by the Suns.
1: Tell, tell, tell him what happened. Tell him what happened. Both signed
2: below-market-level deals because the Suns promised them that they would be able to play together. Phoenix originally drafted Marquise in 2011, and they traded for his brother from Houston. And they got them both together. They signed them to below-market-level deals compared to uh, what their value is. Like, Marquise should be making at least $12 million a year. But so you know, for him for him to sign for eight over you know the four year period, that that's a that's a skill for them. And he was he was sold a bill
1: of goods pretty much. So you know, they were combined. They were the combined of, I'm sorry. Here's the numbers. They were combined for thirty two million for Markeith and eighteen million for Marcus. And then they immediately traded Marcus. Right.
2: So it's like they they completely uh, miscalculated the human element of. You know, this is, I know this is, everybody's supposed to be a professional, but come on, you traded the guy's twin brother away after they took below market value deals to, to appease the Phoenix Suns franchise. And then, and then after that, like, you have, you have the owner of the franchise writing, uh, op eds, like, complaining about millennials, like, basically, <laughs> basically, like, t- like, Making Marquise Morris the poster child for what's wrong with everybody born after 1985. So uh, Robert
1: S- I Robert Sarver's his name. He's one of the worst owners in the league. Him and Dan Gilbert are just deplorable yes. human beings.
2: So, which is even more of a reason why you know getting it's going to be on Marquise to prove to everybody that you know maybe the Phoenix Suns was just a toxic situation for for him, and that you know once he has a change of scenery. You know he can he can put some of these uh you know things behind him, but I I will say though you know that the on court stuff you can definitely see how some of it is on Phoenix and some of it's on Markeith, but you know he and his brother do have some some off the court issues too, which you know you can only really blame themselves for that.
1: Well, well so we're, we're that, gonna get we're gonna get into that. <laughs> to me, <laughs> to, me the, to me that is the most risky element of of the move. I mean there is obviously. Uh, from a PR standpoint, marketing standpoint, you know, oh, knuckleheads, we're getting rid really of the knuckleheads. I mean, you trade for a dude that's basically been indicted uh, with his brother for for running up on a dude, and beating the shit out of him.
2: Yeah, I mean, but we also live in in the United States of America, and you're not uh, guilty; you're innocent until you're proven guilty. So, wait, wait, I is think there, that no, but you know, no, I think that no matter no, what, you know, from the police report that you read, I mean. And I think from everything that the uh, Mark that the Morris brothers have shown us over their NBA tenure is that you know they're high heads. So, but I think that it was very good that you know Dudley and Gortat, who both played with Morris in Phoenix, you know, kind of vouch for him as being you know just a kind of the, you know the misunderstood kid who's he, he's a good kid. You know, he just he has a little bit of a temper, but I think with those two uh, in the locker room, I think they'll be able to kind of you know temper him just a little bit.
1: Well we need to go through the rest of it. So this so they trade with his brother, he so the Marquis demands a trade, goes on Twitter, basically says, I want out of here in September before training camp. That doesn't happen. Right. He goes goes to training camp, not having a very good year. The Suns are not having a good year. He gets into a fight, or I would say it would be a fight. He threw a towel at the coach. Right. Jeff said, gets suspended. I think for a game, maybe a game or two. Then just recently, two weeks ago, choked out Archie Goodwin. Then he goes <laughs> after a teammate in a huddle. Now the teammate huddle one, I'm not. It doesn't worry me as much because I feel like people fight in practice and in the locker rooms a lot more. But, but when we see it on TV, it just seems like I can see those guys going at each other and then kicking it later together later. Yeah, I mean, you know? um, I, but 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 that's also not how you want to behave in front of your fans on the court, right? Oh.
2: Clearly, clearly not uh, professional behavior. But I, mean, I saw some uh, quotes from Archie Goodwin since the trade has gone down, where he said that you know he and Markeith were actually pretty close, and you know that he's going to miss them, that he, he he wished him the best. That, that was a you know a very clear opportunity for you know Goodwin to kind of throw him under the bus since that I think that incident happened at the the last game before the um, All Star break. So, you know, if, if there was a real issue there, Goodwin could have thrown him under the bus. But he, you know, he said that, you know, he and Markeith were, were cool and, you know, that, that that, you know, that was his teammate. So, you know, I think that it's just like you said, it, things that happen between teammates, you know, in the locker room or, you know, in the huddle. Like that's that's just a part of the game. So, you know, I'm not reading too much into that.
1: Now, the off court incident, I, I looked at I looked up the legal status of it currently. They are appealing so the grand jury came back and indicted him and his brother for – so what the whole story is – I'll go into the whole details because right now we need to focus on the trade. But I'll just summarize the highlights of this, is that It was a former basketball coach, AU, kind of a guy close to their family. They thought it was like hollering at their mom that they didn't want to. The guy, his report is that he woke up after he saw them in, a, in, in, a, in an expensive ride. I forget what kind of ride. They were bumping around, that's the last thing he remembers. And then he wakes up and he had his shit beat out of him. He was knocked out. Now, now they I don't know all their side of the story, but that's the accusation. The grand jury found enough evidence to go ahead with the indictment. Now they're they are appealing to these errors. Currently, I contacted a Sons blogger to get this. And this is I'm like, great, really? That's the first thing I'm doing when they make a trade, is I'm contacting about a legal matter with a Sons blogger. But, but yes, that's that's what it, <laughs> that's what it is to follow the wizards. He told me that that They're appealing the grand jury ruling and requesting a whole new grand jury, and they're appealing this to the, to the Arizona Supreme Court. So that's where it currently sits. The odds of that happening, he agreed with me, is probably low. So this delay in this process, so we're looking at probably, I mean, ballpark, six months to a year before they even maybe rule on that. So before he would actually face anything, is probably going to be a while. Whatever yeah, happens. Think- so, so that, that's where they, it is with the legal matter, the details and the police report and all that. Maybe I can have a whole nother podcast to go in and try to f- kind of figure out like what the hell piece together, what really happened. I don't really want to go to that. I want to talk more about the basketball, but that is still relevant in this trade that, that after all, you know, I mean, going back to Gilbert Arenas, going back to, to yelling, you know, Andre Blotch and Javel McGee getting fight fighting the club over a girl. You know, going, going to all, you know, I went to a last podcast about how Chris Weber was railroaded out of town with some legal matters because of, uh, you know, back in the day, one of the worst trades ever in, in franchise history, that there is this element of press and PR and arrests, especially with young athletes, especially young black athletes in this town that, that you have to be aware of, correct?
2: No, I definitely can agree with that. Um, I think that. Well basically what it boils down to Markeith, uh, no matter what happens with the legal situation, like I think even if they, you know, take this to the to the full extent, I don't think that, you know, he and his brother are gonna be facing serious jail time because of this issue. They might play, I think they it might pay down
1: eventually maybe or something. Exactly.
2: And I think at the most he'll he'll face a, a less than ten game suspension from the NBA. You know, it and probably less than five would probably be a more accurate assessment of you know, what type of punishment will be handed down from the NBA, actually. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, as far as the incident, you know, what it, you know, tangibly means for, you know, Marquise and his position with the Wizards, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Now, where you morally stand on, you know, having a guy who, you know, is, is, a, is considered a hothead and, you know, putting him in a new environment, an urban environment such as D.C., you know, could that be a cause for trouble, You know, stay away from
1: Shadow Room. Don't go to Shadow Room. (laughs)
2: Don't go to yeah. First of all, don't go to Stadium stadium because it's a complete rip off. Anyway, yes, I agree with that. I agree with that.
1: It's not that cool. I've been to the shit site. It's not that great. Yeah, exactly. Now, now parking 14th late night, I'd say maybe go there. (laughs) Sure, for sure, for sure. Rose Bar, Rose Rose Bar, I'd go there too. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, he'll he'll, he'll be in there chilling. uh, Hopefully he just won't do it night before games like uh, Andre Blatch used to do.
1: Yes, that's true. (laughs)
2: Yeah, but no, I think at I think the greatest, like, I can't even, as being a, a big proponent of, you know, signing Marquise, I can't even sit here and say that the guy's not going to get in trouble during his tenure here. Nobody can. But, you know, it, I think it's still, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a calculated risk and, you know, what, which completely makes sense for the Wizards right now, both, you know, financially and, you know, you know kind of like adding more talent so that we're not wasting away John Wall's best years.
1: So Ted Leonsons, uh you, you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned Skinny T earlier, the owner of the team. He had a, a ten point plan about owning sports teams, and one of the points is number seven, and it, is, it, it says, and, I, and I'll quote it: "No jerks allowed. Impl- implement a no jerk policy. Draft and develop, and keep high character people. Team chemistry is vital to success." Make sure the best and highest paid players are coachable. Show respect to the system. Want to be in the city? Love to welcome new young players to the team. Have respect for the fan base. Show joy in their occupation. Get the system. Believe the coaches. Have fun and practice. Want to be gym rats? Dump quickly distractions. Life is too short to drink bad wine. I feel like that describes exactly the opposite of what we know of Barkeep Morris. (laughs)
2: Um, pretty much, pretty much. But, I mean,
1: (laughs) at the end of the
2: day, Ted's a businessman, so. (laughs) Yes.
1: So his plans, he's kind of negotiable on that. I felt that someone had highlighted that. Uh, so I felt that that was, you know, when you look at the move as a negative, going against his own philosophy, you know, whatever he wants to win games, he wants to do this playoff push. Now, that is the other negative I want to say. How realistic is this playoff push now? And to give up assets in any capacity uh, to to go for? Because uh, let me let me quote uh, a guy from Bulls Forever. I think he goes by L W. His name is Lindy on uh, on Twitter. But he wrote a really good piece, and he analyzed the actual statistical percentages, like you know all the. All the percentages, you know, 538, all, all the people, all the nerds crunching the numbers. And right now, the Wizards right. have about a 20% chance to, to make the 8th spot. Now, I believe it's higher, you know, because of, because of injuries, now they're healthy, and easier to schedule. But based on all the models, it takes about 42 wins to get the 8th seed. So for the Wizards to do that, they would now have to go 18 and, 18 and 12, uh, or they'd have to go 19-12, but they won last night, according to 19-12, a 61% winning percentage, just to get a shot of playing the first-round guy. So is that risk worth it oh, to give up this pick? To do I think that? it's
2: definitely worth it, considering the fact that the Wizards have the uh, second easiest schedule remaining going forward. You know, I think that, you know, the the Wizards have put themselves in a prime position to, you know, swing for the fences, here. I think that... You know, they, you know, they have three games left against the, the 76ers, two more games against Brooklyn. You know, a very, very big game tonight against Detroit. And I think they play Detroit in another two or three weeks. You know, they play Charlotte again. Like, all of these teams, like, they're they're, they're not playing the San Antonios and OKCs and, you know, these teams anymore. They, they're, they're, the teams that they have in front of them, they, they can win. They can beat. So I think that, you know, if if they can just do what they're supposed to do I think that, you know, they're going to put themselves in a prime position to, you know, make the playoffs. And they're only two games back right now with, you know, 30 games to go.
1: I think so they, this. Are is, they victim of their own plan? Like, the plan is to, hey, make the playoffs, do well, go after Kevin Durant. So, and if they don't make the playoffs, their sell to Kevin Durant pretty much is like, oh, hey, can you help us make it? It's out the it, a, window. Correct? Was, so maybe you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> I think that is correct. And so to them, a low risk, a 12th pick in the draft next year, 14th pick in the draft is a decent risk for a guy that now you're able to lock up for three years. And the plus, I want to go to positives because we've been talking about a lot of positives, is that this move doesn't really hamper them salary cap wise, that they still have the ability to re sign Bradley Beal and then go after a Max free agent. I, and I think that is a plus. They didn't really hamstring themselves for, for the future. Exactly,
2: exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, like I said, the deal, it gives them flexibility. So even if, let's say, Marquise doesn't work out over, you know, the second half of this year and over next season, you know, he's still a very much tradable asset. You know, two years from now, with two years left on his deal at $8 million per year, you know, that there, there are teams out here that are willing to pay, you know, double digit scores who only make $8 million. You know, it, it, he's an athletic big. So I think that, you know this, this this trade you know makes a lot of sense on on so many different levels. Um, I think that like uh I think we were saying earlier like uh Wall's championship window you know it's it's you know it's not good to be wasting the best years of a very good player like John Wall like you can't waste the best years of his career without putting a, a team around him that's capable of actually winning. So, and I think this this move, like, gives him... He requested an athletic big man. And, you know, this move appeases the superstar more than anything.
1: And, and I'm really protective of the first-round picks. And, and I get your point in the fact that the Wizards have a checkered history of actually drafting successfully. So what's it really matter? Even though to me, that's a very cynical way to look at it. Like, it's kind of like, well, yeah. do we, why don't we just get better guys to draft, right? <laughs> yeah. okay. how, about, how about this though, Adam, a more
2: practical way to look at it. Last year's draft pick, we picked Uber 14th. Yes. And you know, and, and by all accounts, I think that a lot of people think that that was a great pick. Yes. Uber is not even contributing this year. So let's say you hold on to that pick. That's a whole other podcast too, by
1: the way, but keep going. <laughs> I know. I know
2: that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> but you know, right now the Wizards are sitting in the 12th spot in the East. Oh, I mean the 12th spot in the NBA, as far as uh, their draft selection. And you know, this trade probably their, the pick will probably fall somewhere between 10 and 18, depending on you know how they finish out this season. And for, you know, the Wizards, like, they're, they're not... A player that you pick from 10 to 18 in this year's draft is not going to contribute next year, maybe not even the year after that, for, you know, this team going forward. Like, you need to... John Wall needs to win right now because he's a great player in the prime of his career. And, you know, a player who's draft... Even if the player's good, like we think Uber is good, that doesn't mean he's going to contribute next year. Whereas Marquise Morris will contribute this year. He will contribute next year. You know, he's already you know, playoff ready, in, in a sense.
1: And he, he's played uh, really well in the last five games under Coach Watson. Here's another plus. He's averaged 20 points, seven rebounds, five assists and 35 minutes, and shooting 33% from three, 45% overall in his last five contests for the Suns. So he's coming in playing pretty well with some good confidences. Oh, exactly.
2: Uh, I think that, you know, once they got Jeff Hornacek out of there, uh, you know, he played for a coach that – you know, he, he thought that he could respect and, and you see the talent, you know, just flourish over those five games. You know, that's a small sample size, but I think that, you know, that, uh, is, gives more credence to the fact that we'll probably getting something closer to that player than the player who was pretty much soaking all year on, you know, on the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, the change of scenery makes, you know,
1: all the difference in the world. I agree. I. Uh, that, that is a plus. Speaking of coaching, Whitman and this guy, <laughs> how are they going to mix?
2: Yeah, this, this, this is going to be an interesting dynamic, I mean, for sure. Because um, I'm
1: complaining about Kelly Oubre. I, I've seen what's happened with his disastrous relationship with Jordan Crawford. I've seen the doghouse that he put in Singleton and Vesley. sometimes justified, sometimes not. Just yeah, mysterious, th- mysterious moves. Rotation wise, even when a guy has supposedly done what he says to do. I don't want to get in the whole uber conversation because I think there's been some interesting developments. Uh, we, uh, Adam Rubin got a good quote of him. I'm going to save that for a later podcast, but just a mix of the stubborn Randy Whitman and now dealing with a dude that just threw a towel in his coach's face who, who if Randy Whitman's going to yell at him, this guy's going to yell back. And I don't know what really more Randy Whitman has to do, but then bench him, but then benching him is, Refuting the whole point of the trade. So, my question to you is, what is the mix? And how much is this an Ernie Grunfeld move more than Randy Whitman? Because I don't see Randy Whitman really wanting anything to do with this player.
2: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even say it, it may not even be a Grunfeld move. It might be, you know, if Ted's <laughs> tweeting about it, you know, it might, it might have come down from the very top. So, and I, just like you said, I don't know if, uh, Randy Whitman probably sign off on this, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think that, this move is pretty much an indictment on not only the character, but the, the play of Markeith Morris. And I think that, you know, if he's even worth half the salt that he thinks he is, like, he, he's going to come out, he's going to play well, he's going to do what the coach tells him to do. You know, he's, I feel like he's going to be on his very best behavior, you know, at least for, you know, this 30-game stretch. He'll be, you know, invigorated enough to, you know, kind of walk the walk you know, for, for the next 30 games. So I don't, I don't really see that, you know, being too much of an issue. Uh, Whitman clashing with, uh, Markeith, you know, but maybe, maybe going forward, but I don't even think that's something that we'll have to worry about because, I mean, is Whitman even going to be here past the end of the season?
1: So that is up for, that is still in doubt. Correct.
2: Yeah. And it's still very much in doubt. So I think that like, like, I don't think that we have anything to worry about over the next thirty games. I don't think Marquise Morris, you know, went through all this trouble demanding a trade, you know, and and going through all of these troubles to come to DC and be a knucklehead. He sees an opportunity here. He know he he knows that this is his career on the line here too. You know, you only get but so many chances. So, and he and I think that you know the 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 presence of Dudley and Gortat is really going to make all the difference in the world because, you know, they've played with this guy before, you know, especially Dudley, who's actually, you know, kind of turning into the pseudo leader of this team. You know, it'll be big the fact that, you know, they are, he already has that relationship with Morris. And I think, you know, I I don't think that it's going to be an issue for the rest of this season.
1: Well, let's read their quotes. These are their quotes last night uh, about the trade. The trade went official during the middle of the game. So no one could really talk about it beforehand. Uh, this is what Dudley had to say. He said, I had Markeith during his rookie year. He's a good kid. When I was there, he had no problems. He had one problem. Obviously this year, when he had a situation where he felt disrespected, felt betrayed. I'm not going to defend him. Some of the stuff he did was unprofessional. But that being said, I guarantee you will not have problems with him here. He is a good friend of mine. I used hang out with him in the summertime. It's easy for me to mentor him. He's a good kid. His mom lives 35, 45 minutes away from here. Uh, so do his friends, too, by the way. But let me add uh, I added that in. Uh, he's excited. You know, the ones that are involved on running up on the dude. But anyway, I think Bill Simmons tweeted that as well. But anyway, uh, continuing. He's excited about coming here. I've already talked to him. He's a starting power forward where he's very effective from 17, 18 feet. He's got a quick bounce where a lot of those drop-offs from John will be dunks. He does have some flaws where he needs to work on his rebounding and his defense. But he's young. He has a good salary for this team moving forward, and he's someone we need. We need another body. We need another athlete. From the time he gets here, he's going to be motivated to show people he's not that player. He's got a fresh start. Anytime you got John Wall on your team, it's going to make it a lot easier. So th- those are encouraging quotes from Dudley. He is very well-spoken. I don't know if he's going to be a coach, a commentator, or in a front office. I see one of those futures for him, uh, him and Temple, actually, both of them. Probably the front office, a coach uh, for Temple, too, on the team. What it... Just your reaction to what Dudley had to said. I mean, I you know I pretty much
2: uh, agree with everything that Dudley just said. Um, you know, I think Mar Markeith has his flaws as a player, but you know, I think that you know he he will put himself in a position where he's going to work hard and he's going to work and try to get better. And I think that one of the most poignant things from that quote that you just read about Dudley was you know playing with John Wall. I think that, you know, I think John Wall has kind of proven that, you know, he, he makes players better. You know, there, there's, you know, there's uh, Trevor Reza when he plays with John Wall. There's Trevor Reza when he plays, you know, on the Rockets. There's, you know, Garrett Temple when he comes off the bench. And then there's Garrett Temple when he plays with John Wall. You know, John Wall has this, you know, innate ability of, you know, putting teammates in a prime position to succeed. You know, I think, you know, he's one of the best passers. You know, in the NBA, not only because he's a willing passer, but the accuracy of his passes. Like John Wall is the type of player where you know he makes a pass, he puts it in the shooting pocket for a team, for a player, and you know that those type of passes make like the the all the difference in the world as far as your your shooting percentage, you know, over the course of a season. So I think that Marquise is. I think Marquise's play will be better, you know, simply by playing with Wall, and I also believe that. You know, Dudley, you mentioned in there, he said that he's a starting power forward. Well, that's kind of, you know, inconvenient for Dudley because he's currently the starting power forward. So, you know, this kind of puts him in, in what I think is a better role for him coming off of the bench, you know, if that's how Whitman decides to play it out. But, you know, either way, he brings uh, an athleticism that this team, I think, sorely needed.
1: Do, do you think do you think that uh, Marquise will be in the starting lineup? And that's probably the best best role for him or coming off the bench I'm sorry can you repeat that yeah, no, do you think uh, Morris should start or should Dudley start and he come off the bench oh so I think that
2: the probably, Morris the, should probably start.
1: the Morris should start okay
2: I think Morris should start just because I mean more than likely you're going to be uh, matched up with you know power forwards who are going to give you a little bit of trouble a little bit with, with their size and I think that Dudley is a Uh, A much better player, like going up against uh, second unit power forwards. So, but I think it's probably completely situational. You know, as as Whitman proved last night. You know, he's not. You know, he's not too far removed from going back to the to the big lineup of Gortat (laughs) and Nene too. So, (laughs) I'm 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 biting my
1: lip on that because I'm about to go on a five minute rant against that. But yes, Nene and, and Gortat started again last night, and the Wizards did better when Dudley came on the court. Shocker. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean Whitman, he, he just can't help himself. He literally can't help himself. Well, but, let, me,
1: let, let me give the quote of Gortat. This is what Gortat had to say. In my opinion, it was blown out of proportion, obviously considering some of his, uh, the coach and the, the teammate deal. Listen, this guy is emotional. I'm not saying he's a quiet kid. Yeah, he's kind of a spicy kid, kind of an aggressive kid. I love the spicy quote, by the way. Continue. <laughs> from, from time to time, he's aggressive. But this is what we need. You want to have a good basketball player, and you want to have a guy who's going to go out there and he's going to compete. And I think he's going to be a great addition to this team. This guy is going to come face-to-face with somebody else. Somebody is going to foul me or John or anybody else. Basically saying he's going to get in someone's face if they hammer him. He's going to go and challenge a guy. And that is what we need. We need this guy who's going to stand up for his teammates, and he's going to fight. I'm quite sure Mark Keefe is going to do that. Well, Gortat's English doesn't sound as well uh, in, 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 in repeating his quotes as it does in person. I don't know. <laughs> but, yes, I mean, your thoughts on Gortat. I, I think that he's just saying that he's they kind of need some more toughness and aggressiveness.
2: Yeah, I think... I think that uh you know spicy is a very interesting word. I don't know if there's like a language barrier, you know, type of deal going on there. But I think uh Markeith brings a certain attitude that not a lot of players on the wizard have. Like, you know, Mar Markeith is the type of player he doesn't have a problem, you know, you know, getting in another player's face. Like uh I, I just honestly you know, think that he gives them a, a little bit of an edge, a bad boy kind of edge that this team, you know, kind of kind of has been missing over this season.
1: So here's the Grunfeld quote, and I'm not going to do a Grunfeld voice, even though I think I could do one pretty well. We still have enough money to get a max player, if that's what we're going to do. And if we don't, we'll still have plenty of money to split up that up or maybe give it to three different players. We still have plenty of cap room, but this is what we have. But this is – we have a definitely player at a position – that we had a need at. Okay, that doesn't make much sense, but that was what he's quoted in the Washington Post. So, here's my two things on Grofeld. Is this a move is this is this a move that he makes cuz he's under a pressure from the ownership or in not pressure a like plan like hey, you have to make the playoffs or pretty much everyone's going to be fired. Because here's the alternative. Someone says, while is right out the season and at the end of the season hire a new GM and a new coach, and then you have that first-round pick.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that actually, you know, would be a good option to, you know, kind of give the new GM, new coach, you know, uh, a full, uh, you know, complement of, you know, assets to work with. But at the same time, I think that the Wizards owe it to John Wall for to put their best foot forward for this season. And standing Pat at the deadline, while all the other teams who are in that uh, – you know, bottom tier of the Eastern Conference are, are making moves. Charlotte made a move. Detroit made a move. Orlando made a move. You know, you can't just sit and and you know watch all these other teams who you're competing with around you make moves and not do anything and try to sell to your franchise player that you're putting your best foot forward. So I think that you know, Grunfeld, whether it was uh you know an edict that came down from the owner or you know whether he you know sees the writing on the wall himself that he knows that. You know, we need to make the playoffs in order for me to keep my job. I think that I think that he made a calculated risk, he not really thinking about, you know, you know, the five or ten year plan of this team, you know, more so thinking about trying to, you know, compete
1: while John Wall, you know, is at his best. Well it's always hard because we want to once again going back to what I said earlier, it's always hard to look at this move on the surface <laughs> without having the backdrop of Hey, it's Ernie Grunfeld cleaning up his own mess again. <laughs> you know, trading away a pick to clean up his own mess, and this is just a repeat of a repeat. Instead of being, hey, this is we're getting, we're making a risk, a small risk. It's lottery protected. Getting a player who's shown ability to play in this league, filling the need, helping our young, young, young players out in their prime. And then also, as we're getting injuries to make a postseason push, to then now maybe win the first uh, first round playoff series against a, a a Celtics, a Hawks, a Raptors, having more capability, and then being able to go to Kevin Durant, which is the overarching plan to have this. And so I think that you have gotta ride. You kind of when you say ride it out this season with the players, I guess I'm talking myself into the deal. I think you have to ride it out in this capacity. I. Uh, to go for it, because not only the point you say with John Wall, you have to still see this Kevin Durant thing out through. And this is your best shot to sacrifice. You're giving up something, but you're not giving up all of it, and you still have a shot at Kevin Durant. Exactly,
2: exactly. I think, you know, this, this move, if they make the playoffs and, you know, if they somehow magically win another playoff series, you know, I think that puts them right back in the mix for Kevin Durant. You know, it, it, in the mix as much as they could possibly be, because I, I honestly still believe Durant's going to re-sign for the one year and put himself on the, you know, same cycle as Westbrook. But, you know, that's, you know, like 10 podcasts down the road. But, you know, as far as, you know, the Wizards standing, like, I think that this move puts them in the best possible position to make a playoff run. And I think if they didn't make this move, I think that, you know, it, it'd be hard for them to sell it to themselves that, you know, they were putting their best foot forward.
1: Now, how, how about give me, where was the market for Morris? That's another criticism that I've heard. Because it seemed to me that Phoenix, there were some reports that Phoenix had to give up an asset to get rid of them. Were they bidding amongst themselves?
2: Uh, they they literally might have been, even though I think uh, I saw some reports uh, yesterday that said that Toronto was getting into the mix late because, you know, they, they needed that power forward know, position kind of filled out.
1: Like Patrick but Patterson I in a pick that, or something, right? Is that what I saw? Yeah, Patterson Patrick in Patterson
2: in a pick. That was the rumor that I saw. But I think that, you know, maybe the the market for Morris doesn't have so much to do with Morris, but maybe it has to do with the fact that, you know, yesterday there were only, you know, a, pretty much a core group of about, you know, five to six teams who were pretty much active in the market trying to make deals. I feel like... You know, they're, they're, that bottom tier of the Eastern Conference, everybody thought, you know, that's full of franchises who, you know, they, every guy's one of those fan bases, like, wants to make the playoffs. You know, forget, you know, trying to be a middling team or, you know, trying to tank, you know, Orlando, Detroit, uh, Charlotte, and Washington, they're all trying to make the playoffs. So that's why they all made moves. And I think, you know, Cleveland, they, they see an opportunity. They're trying to win a championship and then pretty much every OKC, they, they consider themselves a, you know, a championship-level team. And then pretty much everybody else in the NBA did, had no incentive to make any moves. So, you know, that, that in itself, when there are only, you know, seven to eight teams who are even, you know, making moves, I think that,
1: you know, that really limits, you know, the, the, the market for Markeith. Now, we've talked about the positive, positive pixels, the positive outcomes. Hey, they're solidifying for this postseason run. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to compete for the first round, maybe win the first round. They're going to be more attracted to Kevin Durant. They're not giving up too much risk. They're getting a young guy in his prime, can, can run with John Wall and Bradley Beal. But how about the negative? We have to, because this is so Wizards, we have to talk about the negative that some people are concerned about, and I think you have to discuss it. What if there's an injury that goes down? They don't make the playoffs. They finish 10th. They have to give up the pick. And Morris... Gets another altercation. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I mean,
2: but, yeah, if now they out yeah, of can I mean, now, there's now nothing they're... we can do about that. That's you just named like six different things that had to happen <laughs> for you know, for this to become an absolute total disaster. And, you know, and I think even still, I think if Marquis, even if something else happens and it doesn't work out, I still think you'll be able to trade him and at least get something back. You know, it's because he's only making eight million dollars a year. Like I, I believe that, that that contract gives the Wizards value, you know, for the next three years. Especially, so especially I, I literally don't young. see
1: I, I don't see like
2: right. a, a total pitfall, you know, you know moment really happening with with this with this trade.
1: Especially when he's young, right? I mean, I mean, so exactly. the, So like six years old. So as long as he stays and gets no fights and no clubs and. You know that Dudley is able able to mentor. So I guess maybe now we have to bring back Dudley to be his caddy next year. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, I think that there's
2: a very good chance that Dudley is is could could be re signing with this team. You know, the, the Wizards have shown that you know if you do right by them, they'll they'll go ahead and keep you on. They they kept you know Drew Gooden on for maybe you know a year or two too long. So you know, they once they find a retread, they they have no problem kicking the tires again
1: plus morris is going to be in his prime he's 26 years old right he's shown an ability to play in this league that has not really gone away as we just as we just discussed a little bit ago of his last five games he's averaging 20 game in the league that's not going to just magically disappear correct so even if he's totally a malcontent and awful and everyone hates him which i don't know like you're just like all right he's a cancer he's a poison we got to get rid of him his salary still is going to be decent enough, like you mentioned, and with now the salary cap going up and some of the free agent deals that we're going to see this offseason and the amount of money some of these players who are not as good as him are going to go for, that he does, I can see, being an attractive trade chip if it if it gets that bad where they need to unload him. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I, I this is definitely, you know,
2: an optimist point of view, but I, I just don't see this, you know, just crazy downside that the people who are so negative on this trade see. I, I, just, I just can't envision a scenario where this turns out to be a total disaster for the Wizards.
1: Okay, what we have not discussed is the, the Wizards' tenure of Chris Humphreys and Dewan Blair. Do you have any Chris Humphreys or DeJuan Blair moments?
2: Uh, yeah, I actually do. Uh, so I covered the Orlando game earlier this year, where I think Humphreys hit like five or six threes, had oh, twenty five.
1: Yeah. They won, they won that one
2: that gave him. Yeah, he pretty, pretty much single handedly, you know, turned it up in the second half and won that game for us. Um, Dewan Blair, I mean, the the foul and machine that he is. I mean, I, I I really have have nothing positive to say. Um, the human you know, victory I,
1: cigar. The human victory cigar.
2: Yeah, pretty pretty much, pretty much. But I mean, I think hum- Humphrey's will definitely be missed in a sense. Um, you know, he's he he was definitely the, the the butt of a few bloggers jokes, you know, with this whole Kardashian situation, but you know, I think that you know, this is we're talking about a guy who, you know, couldn't even crack the playoff rotation last year. So, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you know, they they're their contribution level to the team and their salaries like you know it pretty much amounts to to nothing for for the Wizards as far as what they're losing.
1: Yeah, what I want to say about Chris Humphreys and Blair Blair, I won't miss your floater. He was he was pretty nice to me when I interviewed him after the the Halloween event. I met his little daughter. It was a good interview. He seemed to be a good teammate. He was like the 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 handshake guy when guys would go through their pre-game introductions, you know, when they go to the luck. So he, they seem, John Wall seemed to really like him. He even tweeted out a, or Instagram a photo of, of them two before the All-Star game, kicking it on, on his plane. So I think that the teammates actually liked him. Uh, same with Humphreys, I think Gortat called him his white brother, but he, also, he actually spelled Chris with a C, which I thought was really funny, I don't know if he had an autocor- <laughs> it autocorrect. It's, 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 it's K-R-I-S, and he spelled it C C I don't know if that was like autocorrect. So I, I think that the teammates liked him, as for, as for on the court, the, the negative I would say, the one negative is that I still would agree that Chris Humphreys should have played in that, in that playoff series, I don't know if he would have made the, the ultimate difference but he played well enough down the stretch for the Wizards before his injury and could have been a big body that they kind of maybe needed against the Hawks. I, I definitely think he should have played in this series against the Hawks. Whitman, that was a mistake. I will always say that. This year, we've gone through we had so many podcasts and we've talked over and over about his uh you know, his transition to the stretch four position. Very he struggled with it. I don't know how much that was kind of not his fault, you know? I mean, he's been playing this year for 11, 12 years, never shot any threes, and now he's chucking up four or five a game. I think I was more... I I was more critical of him driving to the basket. So I felt like like, his spacing... And then it took him away of his strength, which was crashing the board. So you have a guy outside the three-point line with his strength and why he's making... why he's been in the league 11 years is because of his his rebounding and his hustle and being athletic. His defense was, you know, sub... Not that great. Okay. And, and, the, and the main thing about getting rid of those two players is that obviously they're not in their future plans. They both had non-guaranteed contracts for next year. Uh, I think that the Suns are going to keep – I read a report that the Suns are going to keep one of them and waive the other. I don't know who – I, I hadn't seen which one that would be. That kind of makes sense. So if they're, not, they're, they're not in their future plans, and this protected pick ends up being a 15 or 16, and you get a guy on a decent deal for three years. I think that's a win move. Now, there's a lot yeah, of, the, yeah, I think there's a lot of varies that, like factors, as we discussed, that can go negative or, or positive. The one thing that I would say that what happens to Gortotter and Nene get in foul trouble here? Like, who's our third big right I mean, it yeah, I mean, that's, a, I mean, that's a
2: little bit of an issue. Uh, I mean, Markeith is listed at six ten, so you know well, maybe maybe punched. you can throw him out there is it you know and and you line up a death small ball, let him play the five for a little bit. You know that I, I'd say that's definitely an issue. Um, you know that that third big. One um, time
1: picks up two early fouls. I mean, you're going to go super small. That's fine. I think playing small is fine. I don't know if you want to do it on a long stretch of, of time throughout the game, though.
2: Yeah, well, I think, uh, I mean, well, one of the benefits that this I trade super, actually... Super
1: small. I mean, like, going super small. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah,
2: a- no, I understand. I understand what you mean. Uh, I think, well, one of the benefits, uh, the Wizards actually have an open roster spot now. So, you know, if they if they, if they feel like they need to, you know, fill that role, uh, you know, contract buyout season is coming up soon. And, you know, I could, I could definitely, you know, see them... You know, kicking the tires on a, on a on a Chris Kamen type or, you know, some, somebody like that. Just a, a journey big man who can come in and, uh, you know, may, may, maybe, you know, contribute. Maybe, uh, or not really even contribute, just be emergency purpose.
1: Yeah, when is that de- There's a deadline coming up soon for that, right? I think it's in March. There's a deadline yeah. where they have to sign, where they can sign someone who basically hasn't been on a roster on the NBA. And they have some money. Cause now, okay, now they give away two players to so go back to what you mentioned. We have, now there's, the Wizards have 14 players on the roster. They have an extra 15 spot that they could, they still have money from Martel Webster's deal. They were giving an injury provision. And I think this, I think I saw like someone, someone had tweeted that, that some of this money eats into some of that, but they still have some money available to basically sign someone that's been bought out or been in China for the rest of the year, correct?
2: Right. So yeah, like, you know, contract buyout season. You know, will definitely you know be a kind of a big thing for for the Wizards because I I also believe that the Wizards can can offer a little bit better than uh, the minimum contracts that a lot of teams will be able to offer since they're not over the salary cap.
1: And then they so, have they have that Webster money to add, I believe, right?
2: Right, right. So you know, if there's if there's a player, <clears throat> Joe Johnson, out there who, uh,
1: <laughs> you know.
2: They're, 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 I feel like the buyout market this year could be a little bit better than uh, what people are an, are anticipating at this point. So, and also, um, you know, I think that this uh, the, these Allen Anderson rumbles are are starting to brew a little bit, and you know, he he might be a factor, you know, over the last thirty games of the season.
1: Yeah, he might play tonight. So. So, he might play against the Pistons. He's still day-to-day. Supposedly, he's practicing hard. So, you could have Anderson and Morris adding adding two. And, you know, Neil and Good maybe go to the bench. And you kind of see an 8 and amin rotation here.
2: Exactly. And they just got, uh, you know, way more athletic than they were, you know, 10 games ago with the additions of Anderson and Morris. So, you know, I think that. I think that, you know, the the, the Wizards are putting themselves in prime position now. But, you know, it's one thing to, you know, put yourself in position on paper. You know, you got to go out there in the court and get it done.
1: Well, Troy, I think you've talked me into this deal. I feel a lot better. Then I'm going to go interview uh, Marquise Morris here. I don't know if he's going to be on his uh, hoverboard that he was on as he exited Phoenix when he did his interview uh, yesterday, exiting the arena. He did his interview on on that Fuck You Duck uh, hoverboard thing. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be funny. to Yeah, see. I saw
2: that y'all, y'all slipped off too. So <laughs>
1: it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see his words in the locker room, and, and maybe, and then my opinion, maybe my opinion uh, will change a little bit more. Of not really think I thought he was kind of a surly dude to talk to. So maybe this it'll be a fresh start of his approach to the media, to everyone, to fans. He'll be, you know, have a whole different attitude. Uh, it, it'll, it'll, time will tell. The other positive I want to say about this move. Is the move that they didn't make? They did not give up Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter to to rent a, to rent a player like Ryan Anderson.
2: Exactly. Now exactly. That, that's
1: that's the one that I was concerned. I was concerned about the first round pick. It seemed like those were the three assets to make any type of major move to help their really rotation and not just kind of teeter on the edges, which a lot of other players did. So the fact that they did not make that move is a positive. So I want to end on the positive notes, Troy. So. We, we love grades, the things about these grades, and we never really go back on the grades to say, you know, like, no one's ever going to come back to me and be like, Adam, well, you said the Wizards are going to win 52 games this year. Uh, you were wrong. You're an idiot. I'm not going to listen to your opinion, which, by the way, I did, uh, so uh, you shouldn't listen to this podcast anymore because I made a stupid prediction, which I don't really care about making predictions, but this is what we do. This is what the sports media is. You sit, you grade things. You give predictions on stuff, who's going to win or lose. What would you say your grade on this a trade would be for the Wizards. I
2: I'd, I'd give the Wizards a B plus on the trade. Um, I think that the, the positives clearly outweigh the negatives, and you know, just like with any trade in sports, you know, you, you have to give up something. So you know, it, it's not an A because that first round draft pick is a, a clear asset. So you know, the fact that they had to give that up, it it, it brings it down to a B plus for me, but. You know, overall, like a B plus, that's, that's, that's a pretty, you know, fair deal, you know, considering, you know, the the, the fact that this franchise has has made some moves that have been, you know, head scratchers over the, over the past 10 years. So, you know, I think that B plus is a fair grade for right now, but, you know, only time will tell whether, whether, you know, that it'll turn out to be, you know, a a total steal or, you know, whether I'll be wearing the egg on my face going forward. (laughs)
1: No, I think you laid out good reasons. I, and I'm also skeptical of what could possibly go wrong as a fan. We always have, you know, as a Wizards fan, we're constantly <laughs> being, being cynical bastards about every single move they make, especially when you care so much about the team and you've been burnt so much in the past. But, but on the merits and on the face of it, I think you've talked me into it to a B. I, I think I was B minus C plus and, and now I'm, uh, now I'm a B and you know, and Ernie, we trust, right? <laughs> oh, man. Just to hear those words come out of your mouth just makes yeah. me want to go grab a drink right no, no, now. No, no. Right. How, how about in John Wall we trust? How about that? we we'll on that. Yeah, that, I,
2: and that's that's somebody that we can all get behind.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Troy, for for chopping this up with me. I appreciate your your presence. I know that you're. I am about to get on the subway to go interview a bunch of millionaire basketball players, and you're going to uh, the pool, the beach. What's what's the plans us yeah. at Hawaii?
2: No, so I, I'm I'm going to go out to the beach, um, probably try to get a little workout in, and then it's uh, then it's straight whiskey time for the for the rest of the evening. So, All
1: right. <laughs> well, man, we'll have have fun with have fun with the lady and uh, have a good weekend, and we'll we'll talk again. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming, dude. Okay. Of course, man. I see. I'll see you back stateside. All right. Sweet. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks. Uh-huh. Thanks for your support. Uh, and as always, go whiz.
0: Or the MC rap goddess, no joke on the lyric. sorry i be modest. I knew I was the man with the master plan to make it wiggle and jiggle like gelatin. Just think while I sing, and to the to bring structure. You don't sleep on the e. You see, something might rupture. It don't take time for me to blow your mind. It take a second to record because you dumb and blind, so this round. But
3: you an MC climbers on the circus. EP is in town. Total chaos, no mass confusion. bomb so hypnotizing, on the cause the illusion. Like a magician. He draws a rabbit out a hat, son I'm drawing more like a 44 mag The MC3 stop looking, listen And try to imagine It's traveling the speed of light But everything's motion is frightening Plus I thought you were alone You now enter the mansion Called the twilight zone You're terrified Plus you can't bear the thought You and I want to one In the land of the lost You start to shiver Then you scream, my friend You wake up monthly Because you're dreaming again But next time I'm on the scene do not try the business, keep your mouth so sock a because I'm tricking business. I <laughs> so you because your mic is shot. I'm gonna be too because
0: your mic is shot. This is the rap season where the E starts geezing. Girls around the world, no need to be squeezing when I roll, I throw. So cool, always pack the two just in case. My brother acts a fool, I got the energy To put the girls in the frenzy. Put them in shop when I rock it enough, I'm not stingy Make sure I don't bore when I'm on the dance floor Get busy, boy Like you never saw before One flow Good to go After the show I'll put your whole boy You sniff, blow Hell no, I have my whole life And they make no time to be sniffing My parents find out Then they start riffing So I stay, A-OK Cause I'm the E
3: the R-I-C-K she's look me in my face Then the eyes get weak False rate descends, heart rate increases Like, beam me up, Scotty I control your body, I'm as deadly as AIDS When it's time to rock a party and all due respect, when I say mic check Let a sucker slide once, then I break his neck So when I say jump, you will follow our Because I'm taking no prison, so don't play hero and die You're just a soldier, and I'm a green beret I do not think twice about the enters i slave. So if you want a bottle, I highly recommend this finger your dog, mom, and dad Because I'm strictly business
0: Yo, you still picking on that Foley? leaf but we the Sandman, sucker, because it's over. My name is Eric Sermon, and I'm back again, I see the heads still turning in my so-called friend. They smile on my face behind my back, they talk trash, mad and stuff because they don't have cash. Like the E-double, or the PMD, you drive the Corvette, I drive a my Suzuki, I'm a locksmith, with the key to fame, never hide myself. Oh, the same Pray a lot because I'm hot like a horse, I try. I run like the track and back fatigue.
3: No, I'm not. Well, I'm the mellow, the fellow. The one that likes to say hello to a fly girl that is good to go. With the slow simple, in the off-ron flow. Cause when I am in action, there is no time for maxing or relaxing. Just reacting and subtracting on a sucker MC. Who mouths keep on yapping and flapping, I lose my cool. Then I start slapping and smacking, You wanna roll? Then I'll be starts japping and capping. No time to lounge, I'm packing a strap, and strapin'. at my point of attack, I still act you like an eagle I'm the sheriff And biting is a loser So next time in town I highly recommend this You guys, to chill Because I'm strictly business Hey yo, you trouble man Let them know what time it is Yo, I'm yo, strictly business You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yo, PMD is in full effect Get too phone Because you might get shot Roundy
0: Face to be know what I mean. My homeboy Bernard on the scene. Know what I'm saying? Make some master mic say peace
3: to my mic <laughs>